Hi, good morning everyone. Welcome to Catholics at Home today uh, on this beautiful Saturday. And as you can see, my son is behind there. His name is Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Having the Beatles haircut, uh, especially for father, because father is a Manchester United fan. So I thought <laughs> since the topic is unity and diversity, <laughs> I, I like to wear my uh, Liverpool jersey like, for father. So welcome all of you. Good morning. Uh, I'm your host today. Uh, yes, and uh, I know you're looking forward to Kachan Kevin, but he's... Uh, he's He's having a short break today, uh, so today I'm joined with the one and only Father Clarence. Hi, Father. Hi, Mark. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Fantastic, Father. I think we can see you clearly and can hear you loud and clear. Yes. So it looks like so, the, celebra the celebration has not ended, huh? you, or you haven't washed your jersey yet from that day. Yeah, la, Father. I think uh, I'll continue to wear this <laughs> because... Uh, I saw the new Nike jersey and I don't think so. <laughs> I'll buy that anytime soon. But yeah, we had 30 years to celebrate, so why not, Father? <laughs> How are you doing, yeah. Father? Uh, good, Mark. Uh, things are getting busy, uh, you know, in the parish, the two parishes that I look after. 
um, more and more people. I mean, yeah, not more and more people, but you know, we are trying to open up other things, not just mass, but you know, uh, baptisms, all the all those things that have been you know kind of like been shelved during the MCO. Uh, now it's like you know trying to clear the backlog of all those things that have been there. So I think for all of us priests, I think that's what mostly occupies us these days, trying to just catch up on the on that backlog uh, that we have not been able to do. Yeah, Father, I mean, uh, we really appreciate all the efforts from, from the priests. I mean, uh, recently I went for a drive-through, a communion. I think that was one of a unique experience for, for myself and my family. You know, and, 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 and I think we, we really look forward going back to church and the feeling was so touching and, and, and quite emotional, actually. Uh, and going back to church at that time, you know. So I'd like to thank all the priests, all those helping out, the volunteers also for making it happen. Yeah, so uh, I think today, Father, is a, it's a wonderful Saturday. We're going to talk about a nice topic, uh, which is uh, unity in diversity. And I think for all of us listening, I mean, if you haven't uh, subscribed to us, please click the subscribe button. If you haven't liked our page, click the like. But before we start, I mean, if you all are feeling that it's a beautiful Saturday today and you all are very happy and proud to be Malaysians, I'd like to, I'd like, I'd like to make a special request for you to type down there, thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful Saturday and... Yeah, thank you for being for bringing me to Malaysia. You know, what I mean, because not all, many of us, I mean, uh, uh, really are blessed. I mean, all of us are blessed basically to be part of this wonderful country. And let's say thank you, Jesus, for that. Yeah. As uh, and Father, as we lead up to Merdeka, yeah, which is next week, uh, maybe could you share with us, Father, a little bit about yourself, Father? Where were you born? Which part of Malaysia? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is like a like an all access interview with myself, huh? Yeah, uh, Father, I mean, normally you other people are the one being interviewed. I think it's time for, for you to share a bit about your story. Uh, yeah. Well, I was I was born in KL, uh, here, not not very far from where I live here at the moment in St. Anthony's Church uh, grounds. Uh, born here, but uh, most of my growing up years started off in Kuala Kubu Baru. My father was a civil servant, so we we moved a bit. Uh, but most of my growing up years were were in Rawang, in the parish of uh, Saint Jude. Uh, so that's where, you know, uh, my exposure, my my vocation all slowly began to grow. Uh, actually, I think it's in Rawang. Ah, so how was it like in Rawang, Father? How was the community like? I mean, yeah. You know, growing up in a, in, a, in a small town, uh, it's it's both challenging and also rewarding, you know. Uh, rewarding is that, you know, you can develop lots of relationships. Uh, challenging is that if you do something wrong, your your your, your parents hear about it very quickly. So, so that's the joys of and the perils of, of growing up in a small town. You know, when I grew was growing up there, I mean, not so long ago, but you know, Rawang was you know just a, a kind of a two street town. Uh, it's a town that people had to pass by to go to Ipoh. You know, before the before the NKVE was was uh, constructed, so everybody went went through that town. So some nice food that you people will talk about. Uh, places to stop and and eat. I, I think they are still there. I'm not too sure that those restaurants are still there. You know, I, I don't go back very often these days. Uh, but it's a it's a small town that uh, and there was only one school, one one secondary school uh, that I went to, and everybody went there. So we all know each other. You know, uh, whatever background you came from, you know, uh, whether socially, economically, uh, ethnically, or even religiously, we all went to us went to one school. Uh, so even though you know we went to different places to to pray on a Sunday or a Friday or any other day, in school we all were one. You know there was there was no difference. I, I'm sure it's the same for you. I, I know you went to Lasal PJ, right? Uh, yes, brother. 
the same experience uh, for many of us, I think, you know, going to, to a national school uh, was literally unity and diversity, I think we talk about uh, for, for many of us, you know. Uh, and, you know, in my early years growing up, uh, we lived in what was known as, as government quarters, uh, housing provided by the government for my father. Uh, and neighbors were all of different religions, of different race. We played together. That's where I learned to play football, badminton, uh, you name it, sepatakro, what else? Huh? I mean, uh, uh, rolling the, the, the bicycle tire, <laughs> or throwing the slipper at the cards, you know, all those things that people don't play now these days. We all played together during the school holidays. So it was like, you know, school holidays, after breakfast, you're out, you come back later at lunchtime only. So everybody's out there playing together. So that's unity. That, and we don't see that much often today, right, Father? I mean, I see my a lot of kids today. I mean, you talk about hanging out is virtual hangout, Father. <laughs> yeah. You know, on the, on, on the screens and stuff. But before we go further, maybe we'd like to hear from you. Which school do you go to? Yeah, and, and maybe give a shout out to your, your school and... Maybe tell us a little bit about what makes your school unique or something, an identity of your school. For example, Neville here says cheer, cheer and courage display. Uh, and I think Neville is from LaSalle too. And I think there are many people from LaSalle who are very proud of the school song and the school rally. Yeah? So let us hear which school you're from. Father, what's, what's the name of the school you went to, Father? Sekolah Menengah Sri Garing, Rawang. Sri Garing. Father, you mentioned that the community uh, knows everything that goes around and news goes to your parents, but I cannot imagine parents actually scolding you for you look like a very good oh, kid in school yeah. you should ask my siblings i'm sure they will tell you a few things you ask my friends all right uh saints are not made overnight so <laughs> it's a process yeah true true yeah. so father maybe could you tell us father i mean uh, last time in school i mean uh, we had many friends right like what you said from different races different uh, religions uh, different uh, income levels and all so maybe who are your, your best friends father in school my friends, basically, we had a group of friends, uh, you know, see, when I went, to, when, when I went to, to secondary school, then I started cycling to school, you know. Uh, so there's a group of us uh, would meet very near my house uh, at, about, at about 7 o'clock, and we all would cycle together, you know. Uh, and, and, and I remember that those experiences very clearly, you know. There was, the, there was this Chinese uh, who lived across the uh, same age. We all were the same age, same class. Or at least the same form, you know. Uh, uh, there were Sikhs, a Muslim, and we all would cycle together to school in the morning. You know, it's like a little convoy bicycle going to school. Uh, and of course, sometimes being late also, but, you know, because one is late, we have to wait for the other to come. Uh, so sometimes we are late also. And then uh, being, some of us were, some of us were prefects, so we kind of got away with it. Lah. You know, our names were yeah. not taken down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's quite interesting. Uh, so in this group of friends, you know, so unfortunately, I think you know when I when I went to the seminary, somehow kind of lost touch. But more recently, we have had a kind of a WhatsApp group, so some connection with with quite a few of them. Uh, you know, some of them still live in Rawang, some of them are away. But I think the beauty of it is that you know we just saw ourselves as one. You know, yes, we had our differences. Uh, I mean, not that we didn't have, but we had our differences, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we went to school together in the evening. We played football together. So only, there was only one small field, you know, uh, we played together. Uh, so it was quite it was quite interesting in that sense. Yeah, Father, and I remember that time uh, we went, I mean, uh, we used to have a good time. But also we we embraced each other's different uh, uniqueness and we, we, we kind of have fun with it, you know what I mean? And nobody actually got offended, <laughs> you know. So... 
Yeah, and, and 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 looking at it today, Father, I mean, why are we today's topic is about unity in diversity, yeah? But after so many years, Father, I mean, uh, why is unity ever so more important today? And why are we still talking about it? Yeah, I mean, after so many years, you know, I mean, and growing up as one, my I myself also, we, we grew up. I mean, we didn't look at the different colors, we didn't look at the race, we didn't look at religion. Uh, we grew up, but but again, different. We 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 knew how to engage with each other. We knew how to hang around and enjoy each other's company without offending another person. Yeah. So why is it still important today and 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 talked about, Father? I think it's it's more important today simply because you know. Somehow our society has become very polarized, uh, whether it's ethnically or religiously. You know, we all have gone into a little kind of a cave uh, with regard to our identity. I think it's very much to do with you know holding on to what we are, who we are, uh, and if we put labels to ourselves, then we begin to you know to kind of exclude people. So if I say you know I'm a Christian uh, and, and that is my identity, then you know then that changes the whole perspective of how I relate with people. But if my my, my basis or, or what is, you know, if I'm, I'm, I see people as fellow human beings journeying together, then, then we, we see things at, at, in a different perspective. So maybe we need to go back to the, the foundation of what brought us together, you know. So, I mean, like you say, you know, like for me and my friends, what brought us together was, was playing football together. We didn't care. I mean, I mean, if I hit you I, in the playing game, I hit you. I mean, it's, not, it's not because you, are, you have a label. I know you have a, some label of uh, social or religious label I'm hitting you, but we all just, you know, we hit, we, I mean, we whack each other and then we can now whack also. La. I mean, not, that, not to say that. So it's all part of that. You know, we see ourselves as, as one. You know, we see ourselves, there's no difference. And I think that's, that's what seems to be missing, that when we put labels to ourselves and we, and I think we are becoming more and more polarized also for various reasons, you know. Uh, you know, you, people will say that we are becoming polarized because of, of political reasons. But we're also becoming polarized because of, of, you know, wanting to assert our identity of who we are. You know, and, and this is across the board. I'm not saying of one particular person, one particular group of people, but it's across the board, you know. And you, you want to assert certain things. And when you begin to assert, then what happens is that you exclude others, you know. And I think it happens in, the, in our church too. Not just, you know, I'm not just talking, you know, in, in general in society, but even in our churches, you know, when we want to assert a certain way of doing things, then we exclude people. That's what happens. And, and assertion always excludes others. Yeah, maybe you talk a little bit more. Is, you know, you know I, I'm talking about, you know, so I, I remember one story, Lamak, very quickly. Uh -huh. And it's a story that everybody knows, you know, you know, it's a story about the blind man and the elephant. You know, I'm sure we all have heard this story. It was a, you know, story that we all heard. You know, six blind men uh, were taken to, to an elephant and each one given different parts of the elephant to feel, you know, and to describe what an elephant is, you know. So one felt the leg, or oh, say the elephant is like a tree trunk, you know. Or one felt the ear, I said, oh, the elephant is like a fan. So each one looking at just one aspect of it could not see the bigger picture. So if we also begin to like, you know, and it's a story that, you know, it's been told so many different ways and different yeah. times, but I'm going to describe it. But, but if one, if each of us just hold on to what we think is, this is what is right, then we begin to exclude other views, we begin to exclude. So I think, you know, this morning when we we're talking about unity and diversity, yes, I think Malaysia is so diverse, you know, having traveled the world, you know, I, I always remember this when I was studying in Rome, you know, so I, 
the fellow priests from Malaysia, you know, one looked like me, one looked like a bit more ethnically Chinese, uh, one is uh, Eurasian, uh, one comes from East Malaysia, and they're all totally confused. Hey, well, how do Malaysians look like? Uh? I mean, you know, uh, of course, there's yeah. an advantage. Uh, there's an advantage of, you know, when we look differently. So we are so diverse, and, and that is our, 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 our unique uh, selling point. I mean, when you say Malaysia, the tagline, Malaysia truly Asia, you see everything here, actually. You know, sure. you go anywhere, you know, in Asia, any one of us can fit in any particular part of Asia uh, without feeling, you know, un until you open our mouth and talk, like, then they will know, you know, where we come from. But if you don't, we kind of fit in quite easily. So I think, you know, that is our unique selling point, our unity. But as the topic itself says, unity can both be a strength, can be also a weakness to be exploited. Or rather diversity, sorry. Yeah, Father. So, I, yeah, I think you're right, Father. I mean, I mean, we are so rich and diverse, uh, from food to cultures to sports to even languages. I mean, uh, so how can we look at it, Father, in terms of um, applying it? I mean, how can we build unity? Yeah, I mean, as Malaysians, as a community, and also in the family, Father. I think sometimes unity. We look at it like from Malaysia. We see like Merdeka coming in. There's a lot of ads showing uh, yeah. uh, Malaysians coming together, but the question is, instead of showing it, are we really acting it? Are we really, like what you mentioned, Father, are we really being inclusive? Yeah. yeah. But before I did, I, I want to just point this out. Mark, you you have been involved in doing ads for Merdeka, you know? Uh, I, I've seen, I've seen, I think the, I won't, na I won't name which ad, but yeah. But you have tried to bring together, you know, a very nice way, uh, the Malaysian spirit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think I saw one or two. Uh, no, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think I, you did, you know, the, the Malaysianness uh, about helping others. Uh, yes. And I think that's that's like one way we contribute. Uh, but I, I think one of the things we, we we should think about is you know trying to make more friends uh, with other people, not just people that think like us or look like us. Uh, and sometimes said that you know, uh, and I and, and I will be the first to admit you know that you know sometimes like when it's other religious festivals, uh, my my group of people that I'm able to visit is, is so limited. I wish it was much wider, uh, you know. Like, you know, in, in your growing up days, you know, you have uh, uh, always open house. You, I don't know if you remember. You know, every 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 festival, whether Christmas, Hari Raya, Deepavali, or Chinese, we, we we're always anta kueh to the yeah. neighbor's house. You know, and then we'll come back. The the your tray will come back. You know, we we, we see less and less of this happening. You know, yes, maybe, maybe in the city because holiday means all balik kampung lah. nobody is here already. You know, all all of us run away on holiday. Uh, but I think right. if we can widen that circle of friends, uh, or, or we relate with, then I think that's where you know we begin to show unity on at the grassroots level. And I think that's very important. That's the kind of narrative that we need. Uh, we shouldn't allow other people or other forces to dictate the kind of narrative they want for a particular purpose. But the narrative on the ground is that we are united. I don't know whether you, you saw uh, this, this ad now going out, or at least this short video uh, uh, interviewing uh, patients who, were, who, who had contracted COVID-19. It's on social media everywhere. Uh, it's an interesting thing, you know, how people have reached out to help one another uh, during actually patients in hospital, irrespective of, you know, irrespective of uh, race, religion, 
saw them as just fellow human beings who are in need. And nurses, doctors, fellow patients helping one another. People from outside the hospital sending, you know, in one part of it, one part of that that video. I, I mean, I, I would recommend people to see it. I mean, I've, I've posted it on, on my Facebook too. Uh, it's interesting, you know, they, they get so much of food from outside. And this lady yeah. says, you know, uh, uh, all these COVID patients will get gamo after after all this uh, because there's so much of food coming in. But this is this is the ground narrative, which we need to see more and more. You know, we need to to live it out. I think that's very important. The ground narrative, the people's narrative, is very important. You know, and not let others write the narrative that they want for a particular purpose. Yeah, yeah that's a good point, Father, about writing the narratives, I think. Uh, and, and I think, uh, like, when we look at this, right, I mean, while talking at, about Malaysians, as a whole, but when you talk, focusing just say, to the church, yeah, uh, what are the things, for example, because I think there are a few uh, theories which you have, Father, in terms of unity, right, Father? Maybe could you share with us a little bit about that? You know, uh, it's, it's quite interesting, Mark. Uh, when we when we look at within the church, you know what unites us. What unites us is Christ. You know we cannot run away from that. But you know, Saint Augustine uh, had this famous quote. You know, uh, he says, of course, he says it in Latin, but in English it means he says, "In the essentials, it is unity." In what is not essential, there's a little bit of liberty or diversity. But in all things, you know, it says charity. Huh? In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. But in all things, he says charity. So the foundation of it is, when he says charity, not, not being charitable, giving things. Huh? But in the Latin sense, charity means love. Huh? Uh, caritas actually means love. But so the essentials of our faith don't change. Huh? I mean, we believe in Christ. You cannot say you, you don't believe in Jesus. Because if you don't believe yeah. in Jesus, then it's, it's not. So the essential is you, you can't change that. But the expression, the expression of it is quite open. It's diverse. How we express our love is quite diverse. You know? So when like Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor as the core, you know, it's a kind of a, an open statement and inviting us to reflect how we want to express it. And there's a diversity in, in the expression. Maybe you express it differently. I express it differently. In the, I mean, a simple thing like state of life. I mean, you choose family life. I choose the way of uh, yeah. priesthood. Uh, but both of us essentially love Jesus. That is the essential. But we express it different ways. It doesn't mean that yours is better or mine is better. You know? You know? So some people, you know... Uh, after being married for many years, they come like, oh, Father, I wish I'd become a priest. I said, please don't, please don't ever say that, you know, because, <laughs> because, you know, that is what God has called you to. That's the state of life that God has called you to, you know. And, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're envious because, I don't know, whatever reason they say, like, because maybe they're tired of, of being, <laughs> I'm not too sure. But the, the reality is that, you know, there is the diversity of expression. And I think that's the beauty of our faith. You know, you remember, remember, Mark, you were talking about last last week. We were talking to Father Francis Teo. Exactly, Father. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking about how they celebrate Mass, and I was very really ca captivated by. And I've see, I've heard this from my friends when I was studying in Rome too, in the priest. You know how in his in his uh, in in, a, in the rural area how they celebrate, how they stomp their feet, they have a procession. Yeah. You know, they don't change the essence of the Mass. I mean, they're not saying that you know the bread and wine is not the body and blood of Christ. They're not saying that the essentials are clear. 
But the way they have expressed it, you know, it's in their own culture, you know, stamping their feet, the dust all flying up, you know. I was quite tickled. I said, I said, like here, what's rising is more like, uh, you know, the smoke of our incense. Uh, but there is what rises is the dust on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so, but it, it's them, you know. And, you know, so the expressions are different. And he he was saying, I know I was saying, say that, you know, in his place, if we celebrate a mass under an hour, the people will react very, very unhappy. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, under 45 minutes. Here you go. Here you go more than one hour, people are very, very unhappy. So how how we express things differently based on our own. So the essentials don't change, you know. But ultimately, uh, it is charity. So I think sometimes in the church, our challenge is that, you know, that we don't want to embrace diversity because we think that mine is the only way, the correct way, you know. And I think that applies everywhere. So if you begin to think that my way is the only way, or if not, it's the highway for you, then that's where we get into, into challenges, you know. And I think this is where Pope Francis has brought about a, a breath of fresh air, you know, that inclusivity, you know, to include everyone, you know, without changing, without changing the essentials of the faith. Of course, he's being accused sometimes that he's, you know, changing or watering down. No, he hasn't changed. I mean, I can, I can give many examples, but he's trying to be as inclusive without changing the essence of the faith. And I think that's what we need to, even in the church. Yeah. So our church is an inclusive church, Father, I think. And like what you rightfully say, I think it's very true. A lot of times, like even when we started off, Father, when we had sessions like as a priest, people were saying like clapping hands in mass. People were, a lot of people, I think my personal point of view, I mean, they lose focus on what is the core, which is, you know, I mean, like what you mentioned, Father, the Eucharist and, 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 and focusing on God, you know, I mean, and the rest, I think like what Father Francis said, it's the different cultures which come together to bring the Mass alive. And, and, and that's how we celebrate it. I think it's great that we can embrace it, Father. And, yeah. and I think, uh, yeah, and I, I think, Father, for the essentials also, like what you mentioned, I think, uh, how can we then apply it, Father, today? I mean, us as Catholics, I mean, you look at it, I mean, I read a post today on Facebook by, the, uh, by someone posted, some say they don't want to get involved in church because too much politics. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I think so many people are actually looking at yes, unity in the biggest perspective, but if you zoom down to the church, some people may talk about a priest, some people may talk about uh, about the different elements which they're not happy with, but are we really keeping focus to it? Or even are we embracing the different communities we have in our church? Yeah, I mean, we talk about mixing around with people, but we go for mass. Do we actually mix around with the, the, the Bahasa community, the Chinese, the migrants, you know what I mean? So, Father, how can we apply whatever you mentioned as Catholics, Father, today? I mean, we talk about going to church, Father. <laughs> maybe a few things we can... Yeah. You know, in the early days, I mean, you're talking about maybe just post-independence, you know, a lot of our churches were, were kind of assigned linguistically you know okay let's take like an example where i live i live in kl central you know cathedral was known as the english speaking church you know then you know if you went to saint anthony's that's the tamil speaking church and so if you go to holy rosary it's it's the the mandarin speaking so if anybody was mandarin speaking went to saint john's they would say oh you go to the other church because you know that's where they can of course maybe maybe they can cater for the for the linguistic needs but today the demographics of the church has changed completely you know uh, you see multinational communities, you know, different, not just languages, but not just different ethnically, but different nationalities. 
And I think we need to embrace this diversity. And that's the beauty of the church. The church is no longer defined by on, on racial or ethnic uh, lines. That we want to embrace everyone. That the church is the house of God for everyone. And sometimes we need to embrace that. So sometimes we think, I, I may be touching on very sensitive ground here, you know, but the reality is sometimes, you know, that people seem to think that, you know, this is the only language that we can use for worship. But what about the others who speak different languages? So there's always resistance. And I, I found, and I've heard this also, whenever you, whenever you have a multilingual mass, you know, uh, and the mass is a bit longer, there are people who are very unhappy. You know, or oh, why do we need this language? Why do we need this language? Then, but if we don't, how do we bring the parish together? You know, and I think the reality—I'm sure you know too, Mark, because the parish that you go to, you know, because you're always assigned to one particular mass. You know, you don't—you never get to meet the community of another mass. You yes, know? sir. If you go Sunday morning, you never know the people that go to sunset mass. Uh, and if you go to sunset mass, you never know the Sunday evening mass people because you always align ourselves with one particular mass based on our convenient time. But when we try to bring people together, some people are very unhappy. So how do we express the unity of the church? Sometimes, you know, we find trying to find different ways. Maybe this is one small way uh, that we could, you know, be open to. And we must realize that in our communities, there are people who speak different languages. I mean, traditionally, we were okay with this English, Tamil, Mandarin. But now, you know, we have Tagalog, we have you know, uh, the Africans, uh, we have Vietnamese, uh, we have the Myanmarese, now communities, uh, we have the East Malaysians with their own languages, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we should widen our perspectives to see the, the beauty and the, the diversity that is within the church. Yeah, Father, maybe we can open this as a question to those listening. How do you think yeah. we can actually, uh, what activities can we do or what can we do to actually uh, have more, uh, to have an something of a unity aspect of an engagement or for our church. Maybe you can post in the comments and yeah, we'd like to see your, your thoughts and opinions. Yeah. But Father, saying that, I mean, just thinking of Father, I mean, Basel in Malaysia is our national language, right, Father? Yes. You know? So um, what if like, I mean, like you see in Indonesia, they, they, they have Basel Indonesia as their thing and everyone speaks Basel Indonesia, yeah? This one, oh, I don't know. Go, go, go. Don't worry, your son needs you at the moment. <laughs> they, they're going for class, so they're asking for stuff. So sorry about that. So yeah. if you're talking about uh yeah, Basel, Malaysia being our national language, how about maybe like some of the masters is really on Basel, Malaysia, and on on not a separate mass, but just say if a, a particular mass is just that, and everyone embraces Basel, Malaysia, and and I think. When I was playing badminton, Father, that was the language which I used to communicate to the Chinese-speaking people, to the Indian-speaking people when I, when I was playing for the state and stuff like that. And, and that actually bonded us, you know, I mean, because I didn't know Chinese, I didn't know Tamil, but Bahasa, and they were not very uh, uh, good at English too. So uh, Bahasa was a unifying uh, uh, language which, sure. which bonded us, you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe I think we also, we should embrace Bahasa and, and not think that, hey, I'm English-speaking, I need to go for English mass, but we should have like more more Bahasa masters and force more people to actually embrace the national language. You know, I think I think that that's my opinion, Father. In terms of you know, but this this is the challenge, Mark. You know, but you and I went to school. Our yeah. medium of instruction was was Bahasa, and so yeah. we all spoke fairly well. I mean, today if I can speak in Bahasa, celebrate Mass in Bahasa, it's because of 
I mean, the education, the public education that I went to, but you, you, we also begin to realize that today people are, have other options for education. You know, uh, you can do the, the, the international syllabus, private education, uh, and somehow, you know, the circle of people that you mix with, you can get by with just speaking English. And then so, you know, they're not comfortable with another language. And sometimes you bring another language, it kind of shakes your balance. Uh, you suddenly you yeah. feel that I, I, I don't, you know. Uh, but, you know, but this is the reality. I mean, language can can be a unifying factor to, to for many people, you know, for many people. Uh, uh, but it takes time. It takes time. You know, and I think the attitude that we need is not resistance, but also what we need is to be able to to understand, you know, that language can be a unifying factor. Uh, you know, I, you know, and, you know, I, I go to a small parish. I, many of you know already in Kolkobobaru, you know, and uh, of course, they speak different languages, you know. But I, I just slowly introduce. Okay, let's pray. Let's, let's pray the Bahasa, uh, Let's pray the Our Father in Bahasa Malaysia, and we sing it, you know. And I, every time then when they sing it, I see everyone so, you know, into it. You know, uh, initially they needed the assistance of 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 the text on the screen, but now I see them. Uh, uh, even the Chinese speaking, closing their eyes and and reciting it and singing it. I'm so amazed at, and, and I think for me that was. When they sing that Our Father at that time in Bahasa, it's the loudest response I get from any <laughs> other, from all other parts of the mass. You know, it's amazing. You know, so I think it can be a unifying factor. It can be a unifying factor. And and for a lot of us, you know, uh, we don't because we're not comfortable with the language. Yeah, because I mean, things have changed socially. We have changed also. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of people that we r relate with. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Thanks, Father, for sharing that. Uh, and I think. Uh, when you talk about non-essential, non-essentials, maybe you want to elaborate a little further to that in terms of uh, how unit, how non-essentials can actually uh, build unity. I mean, in our church, as yeah. one, and yeah. I think when we want to embrace diversity, Mark, uh, we must also learn how to respect others, you know, and the way they express their faith. Uh, I think that's that's very important. Uh, I and I, I I personally feel that you know, yeah, I mean. Even in diversity, there are certain we work within certain parameters. Of course, I mean it's not like free for all, lah. It cannot be free for all, and everybody decides what they want to do is right and all that. But within certain parameters, we also learn how to respect the uniqueness of the others, the other, you know, when, when they want they want to pray. Even within our church, I mean, it's like in our church we have different ways of praying. For example, I mean, some of us are very comfortable praying praying the the the, the prayer of the church. And the praying the psalms some people are more inclined to the charismatic way of praying you know some people are more into kind of more meditative christian meditation some people are more into devotions uh some people are just into rosary and today we celebrate a feast of mary so some are into 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 rosary this is the diversity we embrace it doesn't mean that one is better than the other you know i cannot say that mine or oh, my way is better than your way or my way is holier than your way it's not isn't it i mean for each one yeah. It holds differently, and and it's close to them differently. It engages them with God differently. So that's the diversity we see in our church, and to be able to to, to also to to encourage that. But the problem is, the problem begins is when I want to hold on and say mine is right and yours is wrong. You know, you are doing the wrong thing. Uh, you are, you know, you are, you are, you know, you are kind of uh, deviating from the Catholic faith. You know. That's when the problem starts. When we said, you know, my way is better than your way, you know, 
Then there's all disagreement starts, you know. Then that's where the politicking starts, you know, that you talked about just now, you yeah. know. Yeah. But if we can learn to see that, you know, yeah, the essentials don't change. The belief in Jesus, the faith of the church doesn't change. What you are doing doesn't change. You may express it in a different way that I am not comfortable with. Doesn't matter, you know. I mean, I, I can share my own experience, you know. You know, I learned to play the guitar through the through through the through the charismatic. I mean, in a small <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we were playing. You know, I used to my my growing up years was very much in the charismatic. So, clapping, lifting hands, very comfortable. But today, you ask me, I I, I am a little bit. I'm I'm not discarding that. But for me, it's not something that I I embrace so easily. I I maybe maybe it's also because. You know, with age and you know, become quieter and you know, <laughs> changes. You know, but I, I don't discard that. But I have moved on to another level. It doesn't mean it's a higher level or a lower level, but it's just that it suits me now this way better. So I think that's what we need to see in the church. You know, that you know, the church is not just my parish. You know, the church is not just my my church. You know, the church is not just in my head. But the church is universal. It's it's, it's so big. It's, it's you know you cannot comprehend. You go to different parts of the world, you see the faith expressed in so many different parts, uh, different ways. But mm. the challenge is you know when you try to push it down my throat that this is the only way and no other way, then then we begin to have a lot of you know then diversity becomes a threat. And I think that's that's the that's the fear. You know we are afraid that diversity will be a threat. I'm saying what what I'm saying. Don't use, don't lose focus. The essentials are very important. You know, the parameters are set for us to work within those parameters. I think that's very important to remember. It's not free Father, for what, all. Yeah, yeah. So, Father, what does the Bible say? I mean, in terms of diversity, which we, if people want to reflect or people want to. to, to... But if you, you look at how Jesus, I mean, we have had the Gospels, Jesus relating to so many different people. You know, uh, it was it was uh, the Gospel. The Sunday, that, you know, that Canaanite woman who says, you know, even the scraps that drop, you know, you know, and, and Jesus recognizes the faith, you know, and at that time the, the Jews didn't want to accept those who are non-Jewish. They, they thought salvation is not for them. And there's so many examples Jesus reaching out, you know. I, I'm clear example is is the Good Samaritan, you know, who was the neighbor at the end, you know, it was the one that was despised, was excluded, you know. He is the one who is the neighbor, you know, the holy, the holy ones, the priests and the Levites who went by, they didn't do anything, you know. But so we have so many examples of Jesus opening the door to everyone. Then you see, look at the, you look at the apostles, they went out. Paul went out to so many different places, you know. Uh, of course, he and Peter had this disagreement, you know, about the rules of circumcision, etc. But, yeah, you know, yeah. but now the church opens up to, to a different community. And they were they were very. I mean, in in some ways today we have become. In those days, it was you know people living in different places. Today we are like a, a global one village. You know we are quite homogenized in many things, in the way we dress, in the way we think, in what we watch. Uh, but yet, faith is expressed in different way. And I like what Father Francis said. You know how it's a nice story uh, that uh, that we we could always relate to. You know that they express their faith in in. In more vibrant ways than ours. Yeah, and and I think for all those listening, if you haven't, I mean, if you're wondering who's Father Francis, Father Francis Theo uh, is basically one of the Malaysian uh, missionaries who went to 
Africa to actually do his mission work and became a priest. Uh, you can catch it on our previous episode. Yeah, so you just search for Catholics at Home podcast on YouTube and Facebook, and and you can hear his beautiful and very interesting journey which he took. I mean, to, to priesthood and how the the, the Africans actually uh, celebrate the mass and how they they actually walk two hours for for mass and 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 the whole celebration and and how he as a Malaysian going into another country and 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 and. and it, to learn about the, the the culture, the language, and and they actually welcomed him, like, You know what I mean? And and it wasn't something uh, so easy, but it's a very beautiful story. So catch it on on our previous episode uh, online, yeah. And and father, I think uh, when you talk about the non essentials and all, I think the third part you mentioned was charity, correct, father? And I think yeah. on charity, maybe we look uh, earlier. We spoke about the church, but on a bigger aspect as Malaysians, I mean. Today, unity, when we talk about it, we have PIMIA, right? The, and, and things like that, like the church is playing an emphasis in terms of interreligious. Yeah? Could you share a little bit more further in terms of uh, why is it important for us today uh, in the Catholic Church and as Malaysians to actually look at this aspect? I think with, with Vatican II, uh, the doors began to open in terms of our relationships with uh, peoples of other religion. You know, from what we used to think before, that there's no salvation outside the church, we kind of like you know saw a different pathway, uh, a, a different pathway. Of course, we still maintain that Jesus is the savior of the world, but we we look at it from a different angle now. Uh, but I think like interreligious engagement is a very important aspect of our society. It may not be for another country, but we live here with peoples of of different religion, you know. And as I said earlier, you know, my friends, uh, many of them uh, were of and I, and I think I was I was the only Catholic yeah, in that group of people who cycled to, uh, or maybe there was, there was another one. Uh, but, you know, we were all were friends. You know, we didn't need formal structures for inter- interreligious engagement, you know. Alama, I mean, in the football field, no need to, <laughs> no need to have dialogue. La. We are just playing, you know. And, you know, and it's interesting that after, after the game, everybody went to one pipe and we drank, we just drank. Yeah, from- <laughs> right, <buddy. laughs> Or there was a pail. There was a pail of a syrup. You know, after the game in for school, yeah. we all had just a few uh, uh, cups. All just take from the pail and share the cup and drink. You know, so yes. that was inter- you. So you you played badminton at the higher level. You know, you know this was all part of it, lah. You know, so we didn't need structures. But now when we, we when we are a bit more, you know, individualized, a bit more polarized. So there is you know there is a need to to engage. And when say dialogue, it's it's not just a dialogue of, you know, what you believe and what I believe. It's it's that's that's another level, you know. Dialogue has got many levels, uh, and I think dialogue of life, doing things together, you know, for the common good of all people. And I think that's very important. So, a lot of our parishes, we have this uh, parish ministry of interreligious and ecumenical affairs, and that's part of the the, the ministry is to be able to to help relate with the communities that you live in your neighborhood, you know. So if you have a temple, you have a, a, a mosque, or you have a church, or you have another, you know, a small place of worship, to bring people together, at least to get to know, and see what can we do for, our, for our, all our people, you know. Yes, religion is one label that we put for ourselves, but as I said earlier, fundamentally, you know, we're all children of God. Uh, we are all part of this big human family, you know, uh, and that's how God created us at the very beginning with no labels. He created man and woman. That's all. You know, he didn't create Christians and others. It was just, you know, one big label that he created. So we're all together. 
So I think, you know, that is one way, you know. And I always tell people, you know, part of it is also, you know, get involved in, in, in not just Pimea, but sometimes, you know, neighborhood groups, you know. I mean, I, I'm not sure that those days there used to be Rukun Tetangga. People used to do night watch, walk around the Taman, yeah, or yeah. They, you know, have coffee in the middle of the night, you know, you look after. I'm sure that I, I know there are still there are some things like that. But to get to know people of other religions, people who, who are in a neighboring area. So I think that's very important to bring people together. So, I mean, people, so sometimes we need these formal structures to help us because it's not happening naturally, you know. I mean, I'm not saying that, that the football and all that, but today, society is different, lah, Mark. Let's accept it, you know. Like, you know, you and I went out to play. I mean, our parents are not so worried. Today, we are, they are a bit more worried to go out. So, end up at home for security reasons, you know, end up, uh, the console becomes their, their companion, you know. And, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, but, you know, it's just a situation that we are in today. So, these formal structures are there to help people to get to know others, to make friends, you know. Not so much... There are levels, and I've been to forums where we talk about what we believe in and how we look at things, but what we call is the dialogue of life. How we engage with people, you know, how we engage with people, you know. So maybe, you know, a good check, you know, kind of a check and balance for ourselves. Ask ourselves, how many friends, good friends do we have, you know, of different religions, you know, or, or, or of different ethnic backgrounds or different social backgrounds, you know. Sometimes we realize that we are quite homogenized in in our in our outlook. Uh, we mix with a certain group of people, you know. Just yeah, and the the challenge is that we become more and more insular. You know, we don't. And I think the church has to open that door for us. And I think this is a great platform, the parish ministry, you know, uh, for ecumenical and interreligious affairs. And they, and they do a lot. They organize forums, they organize dialogue sessions, uh, encounter sessions, uh, visiting places of worship, other places of worship, you know. Uh, you know, how many of us have walked into a into a into a temple or a mosque, uh, you know, to engage with other people? And you know, so I think we need, I think Malaysia is at a point where it needs. And, and I keep saying, as I said earlier, we need the need to write the narrative for our country, you know, as we are approaching Merdeka and, and Malaysia Day. Yes, our forefathers wrote a narrative for independence, but we need to write a narrative for communal Malaysians to come together. You know, and the writing is not so much in you know writing a, a big piece of paper, Magna Carta, writing or signing it, but living it out, and you know to not allow anyone or any organization or any group to write the narrative for us for their purpose. For, for for their needs, you know, we can write it, you know, and we see this happening. I mean, the fight against COVID was a clear example. We all stood together. People out in the streets, no food. Everybody was out there giving food. Doesn't matter who you are. That's the narrative we need to hear. That's the narrative we need to write. You know, you go to a football. I, I think I shared it before. You go to a football stadium. You know, Malaysia versus Liverpool. At the end of the day, even the Liverpool fans will support Malaysia because yeah. in your heart, you're Malaysians. You know, yeah. you can be a diehard Liverpool fan or a Man U fan. And I've been to a few of those games here in Malaysia. But at the end, I see, you know, they could be wearing the jersey, but in their heart, they are they are, they are Malaysians, lah, you know. Uh, so I think sports is a great example. You know, people come together. Crisis where people come together. And I think this is what we need more and more. And because of the situation that we are, we are in, 
it doesn't happen naturally. We need to make it happen, you know, and we need to get out, get out of our of our comfort zone, get out of our churches. If I may, I mean, I'm not I'm not chasing people out of the church. And let's not get it wrong. I'm not saying, but move out of of our churches, you know, to meet others, to bring ourselves to meet others, uh, to to make friends. A lot of times, you know, we are afraid of others is because there's a lack of trust, you know, mistrust. Oh, if I go there, what happens? If they will take me or what will happen? And mistrust is, you know, always the problem that, that prevents us. So when we get to know each other, we begin to trust one another a bit more, that you are not like that, you know, that I can, I can trust you. I can count on you. I know you have my back in situations like this. And I think that's what in churches, like the Ministry for Ecumenical and International Affairs tries to bring, bring forth. You know, sometimes people are a bit afraid. You know, they say we shouldn't be focusing on that. We only should be focused. But no, but I think our situation is quite unique. Malaysia is is unique. My father, you mentioned about very interestingly about writing our own narrative. Uh, but I think my when I look at it, father, I can relate to it. But for my kids, you know what I mean. Uh, I I want my kids to have what I had. You know, in terms of uh, that di- the unity and diversity. And also in church, you know, and, and I think uh, that is quite important for me to write that narrative with them, you know, because I think whatever we're doing is for, for them, lah, for, that, that's what I see. And, and I think uh, that is something I really hope that I'm able to strive and to achieve so that they, they are able to create that inclusiveness in their lives with others. Lah. And, and it's quite challenging, Father, like what you said today. I mean, everyone is afraid in their own bubble, you know, I mean, in terms of the financials. I mean, some parents, for example, they only want to mix with certain groups. They want their kids to only mix with certain groups. They, I think it's quite sad because then we leave out people because I believe our mission is actually to share Christ to others and Christ actually shared yeah. uh, his examples, his love to the poor, the needy, the lost, the, the, the least and the last. And I think sometimes it makes me reflect like we are so blessed today. I mean, for all those listening, I think, yeah, we, we are actually quite blessed we are here. Whatever situation we have today, God has brought us here to, to actually have a mission in our life. And sometimes I feel that sometimes we always want things for ourselves and we always then exclude the people around us, which I think is so important. And, and I think uh, recently I went for this course, Father, called Compass. Yep, it talks about managing finance in God's ways, in God's uh, way, which I think was quite interesting because it puts God into the perspective of finance, but more than that, into life, like, in terms of what is our purpose in life. Like, you know what I mean? And, and I think that is something which I hope that we hope to see for Malaysia in the future for our children that that they are able to, to be together and like what you say, play football in the padang in the rain, don't care whether wet or not. You know, today it rain a bit, the parents will be like, oh, I mean, they're going to fall sick. I mean, let them fall sick, like, you know what I mean? It's, they, they're going to be stronger after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I suppose, yeah. No. I mean, even if you look at, you know, you look at our early missionaries who came when they set up schools. Like you are a product of LaSalle School. I'm a public school product. You know, they, they gave education for everyone, you know, you know uh, irrespective of who they were. Uh, hospitals were set up, you know, structures were set up. Uh, helping the poor, mechanisms to help the poor, the, the Vincent de Paul uh, Ministry for the Poor and other PIHD, all set up to help anyone, you know. So I think we need the, this exposure. Yeah, I give an example, and I think maybe hopefully, like when I was in the parish, you know, I, I tell the Sunday school teachers, I said, you know, we live close by to to other churches and other uh, places of worship. You know, if you're going to talk about other religions, rather than talking to them in a classroom, take them for a visit. 
and show them, you know, you know, you 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 kind of like you know concretize what you are teaching and and explain to them. Uh, so I think the exposure uh, is very very limited these days. Uh, so I mean, for various reasons. I mean, for various reasons, you know, the way society has been structured these days. So I think you know, just simple things, you know, teaching to to acknowledge, you know, to 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 say hi to a to a neighbor. Or even somebody who walks past, you know, your your house in an evening walk to just, you know, greet hi, you know, and I think that's yeah. So you see, as individuals, we can start by saying, yeah, I think that's thanks, Wong. I think that's a very good point that he brings out. Uh, we just need to befriend people, you know, uh, yeah, immediate neighbors. I think at least one thing is that you know, we are all even in in I think in urban areas uh, we all live in our own little palaces. We don't know our neighbors sometimes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's that's I think the challenge that we we are, we are facing, and I think we need to to rewrite that. Of course, Mark. I mean, what we had in our growing up may not come back. I mean, let's be yeah. let's face you know, going to a padang. You know, KL City. There's not many padangs left also already. All all got condos now. Left, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, but you know, finding other ways how to how to social interact with uh, with peoples of other religion. You know, and to make it happen. And I think that's very important uh, to give them that experience, you know, that that openness. You know, sometimes it's it's it's, it's challenging, lah. So it's challenging, you know, when we when we want to protect our identity. I, I mean, I, I see I, I see the benefit in that also, but 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 if you do it at the expense of excluding others and not give you and I are like this probably because we have had the exposure. You know, and the, the stories that you write, your team writes uh, for the for the Merdeka adverts, it comes from an experience that you you can you can relate with, isn't it? I mean, it's not just it's not just theory, lah. It's not. I I I'm sure you know, for you and I, it's you know. I, I remember we used to have this this great adverts during Merdeka during uh, uh, you know yeah, other other uh, celebrations, you know, but. You know, for 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 kids today, it's it's a theory when they watch that. But for people of you and me, in the generation, it's an it's an experience that we could relate with. So it it kind of tugs our heart a bit more when we watch these things. Uh, so how do we give the children that experience? I think that's the challenge. Yeah. So father, I think Madeka is coming up. I mean, uh, actually, quite interestingly, when I started this. Uh... Uh, this agency called Fisherman with Adam uh, eight years ago. I mean, uh, then we we had clients of uh, different uh, backgrounds and also uh, Raya was coming up, and then I I, I realized that actually I don't have a baju Melayu, <laughs> you know, and then I said oh, I, then I then I looked at uh, what else didn't I have? Actually, I didn't have many of the cultural bajus. Then I made it a point to buy it, you know, and then get my kids to buy it and stuff, and and and, and made it a point to actually visit the people, you know, and I think that's something quite. Nice that my kids can actually experience the different cultures, and and when they we went to one person's kampung, I mean they were wearing uh, the the bajun layu and all, but ended up jumping in the trampoline, running in the, the jungle and all, all sweaty, but they started mingling and all, which was very nice because then they became friends. They said straight away, "This is my friend." Yeah, they didn't, and and they embraced friendship much more easier than us. Then the level of trust as as kids was there, but I think as adults we need to encourage that because if not, sometimes we put thoughts into their heads. You know, we are the ones putting barriers to their heads that different uh, people are different different kinds of uh, perceptions, uh, which is not true. Yeah. So 
I think uh, maybe Merdeka, maybe Father, we, you know, hopefully we could embrace the, the unity in the different diversities of, of, of cultures. Uh, maybe throw a virtual celebration or if you can uh, do a gathering for social distancing SOP, of course, with people of different uh, cultures and races in your homes. Why not? I think that's what we need, Mark. I, I think we, as, as, as church, I think as church meaning not just an institution, but all of us, I think we need to be the catalyst. You know, we, we cannot wait for other people to do it. You know, if we keep waiting for other people to do it, it doesn't happen. You know, it must start with me. I, I must be the catalyst to want to do it. Like what you did, you know, you, you got your kids the clothes and get them to play with others. So if we initiate it, then it, it catches on. But if we keep waiting for, for others, uh, it, it never yeah. happens. You know, it doesn't I, happen. I, I, you may, you, you may fail the first time, but don't give up. You know, you, you know, out of out of maybe you know, if out of out of nine attempts or out of ten attempts, nine times you fail, and the one time you succeed, that's a great success. I mean, that's already a beginning of something. You know, so very often maybe. we give up because we think we can't we can't do it. Yeah, just like Liverpool father, thirty years never give up, father. <laughs> but okay, but I I will give, I'll give you that lah. I give you that after thirty years of it lah. Yeah, but I think sometimes, father, like what you said, uh, you, like you lost touch with some of your school friends, you know. So maybe I think for us, I mean, this age group, maybe we could Merdeka, maybe we could actually look through that phone book, or maybe find that old picture of yours, maybe post it on Facebook and tag all your old friends to start a conversation, or maybe say hello or post that picture, and, and I'm sure you'll get a lot of good memories to talk about. At the same time, maybe for the kids, uh, I don't know, maybe you can organize something to get the kids to maybe embrace like the, the, the very different the friends can gather when, uh, and, and maybe dress different, uh, with the different uh, outfits and all for Malaysia Day with the flags and maybe do a mini parade at home or something, you know, I mean, to, to you, apart from just putting the picture, I mean, I, I think something that we could do if you have children, take out those pictures and, and tell the stories to your children, how you, 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 you know, you, you were together and what you all did together as friends, you know, uh, yeah. you know, to just to, to relive those moments. I mean, those are very precious stories. And, and I think, I mean, if you look at, I want to relate it to back to our, our faith, you know, you look at the Gospels, how were the Gospels written? Because it was people telling stories, you know, there, were, there wasn't anyone walking behind Jesus and, you know, having an iPad and taking down notes. What he was doing. <laughs> the stories that were told, you know, for, for future generations. And that's why they, they wrote it down because afraid that the stories will be lost. But I think if we can tell our stories of how we were together, you know, how we shared, maybe it's difficult to find those pictures now, but you know, maybe they're faded or I saw you putting some pictures with your friends playing badminton mm. the other. You know, but yeah. you can take and tell tell this younger generation, you know, how you all were together and what you all did together and how you all didn't see any difference and how you all lived happily, you know. And maybe that's the stories that they need to hear. And sadly, you know, in the media today, Mark, uh, I mean, you are involved in the media also. We hear a lot of stories that divide us, you know. Yeah. People keep pushing, pushing, you know, WhatsApp things that exclude other people. That's very divisive. And I, sometimes I'm very sad. And very often, I, when it comes to me, it stops with me. I don't, I don't forward it after that. You know, yeah. I, I'm not one of those. So if we keep sending out divisive messages, and then we become that, we become that catalyst to, to have, you know, to, to, to prevent unity. 
you know there's this unity so we also there's simple things that we can do you know maybe maybe i'm, I'm quite strong about this you know stop sending out uh, whatsapp messages that are divisive that will polarize us even further that will divide us even further you know uh yeah. you know sometimes the, this is what i mark this is sometimes you know sometimes we get messages you know we we don't even read we just as push only to about 50 because <laughs> now about limited lah you can't can't yeah, send, but you can send everybody without reading what's the context or what's the content you know and that causes more anger in people you know and yeah. becomes more even more divisive you know so be discerning what you what you share you know be discerning what kind of messages you forward uh, you know there's there's so much of uh, you know kind of divisive narrative on social media today you know and i think we need to to rewrite that you know and this is a small thing that we can do very small thing that we can do we can start today you know just to commit to say that you know i will not forward messages that would divide our community our malaysians you know but send out stories yeah, and father i think yeah which which share stories which uh, bring people together you know what i mean which shares yeah. positivity i think that is key and father i think you rightfully say that we need to write our own future for, our, for ourselves and for our children you know i think enough is enough but i think looking at that uh, we make the difference sometimes i think we, we tend to complain 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 but expect someone to do that action but what you say is true father we all those listening and and all those around us we can be that catalyst of jesus to others and, and in terms of being positive in terms of bringing people together sometimes uh, being uh, a dad maybe god wants us to do that thing we don't have to make a difference for the whole world but sometimes if each of us focus on our own community to make that change and other people focus on the others it becomes a widespread of a change happening yeah like a movement yeah yeah oh, yeah i mean i i don't think that you know i mean there's always something to learn from a difficult situation and i'm not saying that covid happened for us to learn something but it happened and we can learn certain things and i think what covid has shown us is that Malaysians can work together. Yeah, you know, we can work together. And I think there are very many there are many powerful stories out there that showed how, you know, uh, we have worked together to fight this. We are a lot better than many other countries. Yes, you know? it's because we all stood together. You know, and we will con- we must continue to stand together to work together. And I think if there's something to be learned from this uh is that we are one and not let someone else tell us we are not you know yes we are different that's our richness that's our strength that's the diversity of malaysia but in our hearts we need to show that we are united you know at any point you know uh, and and not to stand under any particular label to exclude others and i think for me this is the important point as i said i think augustine was ahead of his time you know he says you know in essentials be united uh, in things that are non essential there is also diversity liberty but the end of it all in our hearts what directs us is love you know thank you for summing that up up father i think we reached 1 hour on this topic and uh yeah something very interesting in terms of what you shared father maybe if you would go mind father maybe we could have a prayer for unity in malaysia before we end the show father In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for for all your blessings, for all your graces, 
We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for making us Malaysians. Even though we may be unhappy with many things that happen around us, you put us here for a particular purpose. You ordained that we should be here at this time, in this period. We want to pray that you would use us, Lord, to be agents of unity. As St. Francis himself prayed, make me a channel of your peace. Make us, Lord, channels of peace, of unity, both in the church and also in society, in our country. Rid our hearts of all that causes disunity so that we may be focused on that one essential, which is you, Jesus, who came to bridge God, man and God. So let us ask you, Lord, to bless our country, our leaders, as we approach the celebration of our independence and also the formation of Malaysia. We pray that you will continue to bless our leaders and bless each one of us, that we may truly be a light to the world to share that our diversity is our strength. Our diversity is our uniqueness and that our diversity can transform the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. So, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, but before we end the show, I'd just like to remind you all that next week we're going to have a independence uh, special. Yeah, Father, we, we're planning something uh, unique to actually bring back some, some interesting stories from different uh, people who actually came to Malaysia before independence. Hopefully, we are able to get them for the show. So, do stay tuned next week, but at the same time, do help us share uh, the Catholics at Home podcast to your friends, your family, as we still need uh, we're still growing in numbers, yes. We still we still want to have the outreach program so that more people will be able to join us in this conversation, to join us, to learn more about the faith, to join us in terms of being a community. Yeah. And at the same time, Father, we still are looking for people, right, Father, to help us to be part of yeah. the show. If you if you have the talent, you want to host, please do PM private messages or, or, or WhatsApp any of us. If you if you can help us in terms of creating content, yeah. If, if you're a writer, please. Do contact us or contact Father Clarence, yeah. And and if you if you haven't if you have friends also who are interested in this who have this feel of editing or video uh, recording and stuff like that, please get them to PM us, yeah. So thank you very much for joining us. Just to add, yeah, Mark, I, even yeah. if if you have an interesting story to share and I and I think that we, you could share to make things better here, yeah. I mean, let us know. Uh, we yeah. could have have you on Catholics at home. Basically, yeah. Catholic Home was created for people, for all Catholics, you know, yeah. and not just yeah. Mark, me, and Kevin. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. open to everyone. Uh, so, if you have a story to tell, you know, something that could help us, help others, interesting stories, uh, life-changing stories, and I think we will, we'll be happy. Yes, Mark, we'll be happy to feature some of your stories yeah. uh, to write our own narrative. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Father, also, maybe if you have a topic you think which will benefit, yeah, in terms of a conversation to, to enlighten fellow Catholics, yeah, topics which you think it's oh, close to your heart, which you think will uh, will help benefit the other people in terms of knowledge, in terms of the faith. Yeah, please do messages. I think we're looking for topics too. <laughs> yeah, so again, there are three, three or four people under Catholics at home for the live shows, but at the same time, every Fridays, there's jamming for Jesus. So, fa Father, I never knew you were a charismatic uh, leader before. Hopefully, we would, would like to see that talent. <laughs> Maybe we should get some of our priests to do jamming for Jesus one, one Friday. 
Father, definitely. But do join us, Jamming for Jesus. This one here, there's a team dedicated week in, week out to provide praise and worship, to bring praise and worship to your homes um, every Friday, 9.30. And it's led by Christopher Theo, Nicole, Reshma, AJ, uh, Alexander, Anthony. And also we have a team there for the, the Jamming for Jesus. Yeah, And we hope to build a team for the live shows. Yeah, so if you have anyone, if you want to be part of the show, you want to host the show with Father, you have some guests who you think would be beneficial for the show, for the people listening, do messages and do let us know. And we'd like to thank you again for spending one hour and 11 minutes with us on Catholics at Home podcast with Father Clarence. We hope whatever Father shared uh, will be the light for us to bring to others in the form of unity among your community, in your families, in your church, and in a bigger thing for Malaysia as a whole. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining in and we hope to see you this Friday for Jamming for Jesus. Yeah. So thank you again and God bless. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.